All right, what's up? Thank you for hanging out today. My name is Ms. Bahawk, and I am here with Blake Scheidt. We are very excited to talk about a couple different things today. We were just talking about some stories of like our worst experience in terms of (laughs) charging people, you know, almost nothing or pennies on the dollar for, you know, services rendered in fitness coaching. And I know for me, when I started out, like that's the first thing that you start to do as an Indian kid is do the math. You're like, all right, can I make a full-time living out of this? Can I tell my parents that I'm doing this? And it was very discouraging when you're like, oh, the best are making this much. I know nothing. How am I going, you know, I can't, nobody's going to pay me this much. And I need 50 people, 60 people to pay me this on a monthly or weekly basis or whatever it is. It's a stressful scenario to be in. So I want to take some time kind of reflecting on that today with you, Blake. Yeah, no, we've all had to think through this and then rethink through this. And I feel like with how how much things have even changed in the last couple of years with COVID and and how remote business has just taken off even more. I feel like the value has changed even since I've started a couple of years ago and the market, like I remember, I remember in the middle of COVID, OPEX, like when they had big dogs at the time, I think they're crafted coaches now, they, they upped their prices in the middle of COVID because they could just see the value going up what they were offering. Right. So, so, you know, this is just a question we're all still trying to figure out and I think knowing the market and understanding what you're worth and then not being afraid to ask, those were all normal, normal things. But personally, when I started out, it was almost like, I don't think I gave anything away for free. I think the first person I charged was 50 bucks and that was for a month of unlimited remote coaching, which is like somebody should have, somebody should have stopped me from doing that. But, but like, I think, and then I think the first couple people after that, I charged 75 bucks and I did that for like three or four months. And then I started working for a gym that wanted me to only have clients at that gym. And they were charging 250 to $300, depending on if you use their gym or were offsite. So everybody, but one person left and one, the one person who really enjoyed working with me stayed on for the 250 for a couple months. So that was kind of my journey. I went from charging $50 to $75 to then three months later charging $250. And I think, you know, when you have to, you know, give a cut to an, to the gym and you start realizing, man, I could have, I could have charged those people who were under me a lot more and made money, but I was too scared to. You just start learning kind of how you need to think about these things before you launch a little bit more, but lessons learned, right? 100%. <laughs> So that was, that was my, my first couple. How about you? For me, man, like I am thinking back to, cause I definitely, you know, I worked for a gym for a while where like there were kind of set rates of what I would be making. But at the end of the day, after everybody gets their cut, it was probably maybe 40, 50 bucks a session or something like that, or even less 30. Right. Mm -hmm. But really where I, the first memory that came to mind was like when I did in person or home training. Basically, I got into this crew where it was a neighborhood that was like, you know, a couple miles away from my house. And this woman, she was like a lawyer. Another woman was like a business executive. And this other woman did yoga. And I think it was the yoga instructor at the gym who connected us. And they needed a trainer, but they didn't want to go to the gym. Like all the classic things that like, you know, at the time, 
that was just an everyday person trying to lose weight, wanting to get in some activity, makes a lot of money, works like awesome jobs, stuff like that. And I would go at 5, 30 or 6 a.m. three to four times a week to their house. And guess how much I would charge for for this. How much do you think I charge Blake per head for this session? It was an hour long, like boot camp type thing. And there was three people there. Yes. Three people. Three people. Four sometimes, but three for the most part. 50 bucks per head. Oh, per head. Yes. Uh, $15 a head. Dude, I'm pretty sure at one point I was like, oh, like as long as you guys throw in five, <laughs> like, oh my I'll gosh. take 15 for the whole thing. And I would do it for like, you know, 20 bucks and I'd be happy for the hour. I'd be like, okay, that was pretty good. Like I'm making 20 bucks for a class where I manage 20 people over here. Right. So three people, blah, 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 like I'm doing this in, in, at that time in my head, it was just like, oh, yeah. here's another 20 bucks. Here's another 20. But mm -hmm. then I realized, especially in hindsight, you're like, bro, these people had so much money, like the neighborhood they lived in, like this was in a woman's house who had her whole basement, like a full on basement where a part of it could be dedicated to this. And, you know, it just, you could tell like they, they were well off and like, this was, it's not just about like judging that, but I realize it's about being like, oh, this is valuable to you. I'm mm. seeing how valuable it is for you because you're crushing it in all these other areas of life. But it, what seems to be really hard for you is the thing that at that time was easy for me, like putting together workouts and making it fun, adding music to it, things like that. And so that's an example of an early offer that was thrown together real quick that ended up being a couple year thing I sustained for, you know, I would wake up at 530, do that before going to the other gym or school or whatever it was. And it wore on me after a couple of years, yeah, but <laughs> it was, it was an example of like, oh, I knew it was going to give me reps. And in my mind, I thought that like, there would be more of a payoff, you know, oh, there's going to, it's going to grow to 20 people or, you know, something crazy is going to happen. They're going to pay me 10 times as more now. And, you know, yeah. just that, that, taught me though that like eventually when I tried to pivot and you know change up my style or change up the offer completely like that wasn't an audience that was receptive to that mm -hmm. and so that that was one of the first lessons teaching me that like oh you can have the best offer sometimes but if your market isn't ready for it or they're just they're not the right market for that solution or that offer it's just, it's rolling a boulder uphill. And mm -hmm, sure. it took me many years after that still of, of, you know, doing that before I kind of kicked in, but that was an early experience. How, how about you? Because I think that in-person offers, like, especially if you're doing remote in-person stuff, you do this really well. You capture them for the first couple sessions, teach them everything that you mm -hmm. think, you know, they might need to know. And eventually you try to get them into a remote setting. And that understanding is from day one almost where it's like, Hey, I'm right. helping you out here. And I think the local market is so rich in terms of not just money wise, but they are so rich in terms of opportunity that like everybody's looking for someone to mm. help them along. But like, it's just hard when you have to filter through Instagram, you, you know, you have to find someone you have like, but right. when you have someone who's a real estate agent, who's like your mom's cousin, 
okay, now when it's time for you to buy a house or sell a house, hey, mom, who's that cousin we have who's in the real estate industry? Like, you're going to do that sometimes instead of going through your Instagram to find someone. And so capitalizing on that early on, even if it's $5 a head, $10, something ridiculous right. that people would just say yes to, knowing, hey, this is giving me practice. And we're, we were doing simple stuff, Blake, like so simple, you would laugh. Like it was so, but they needed that. Who else is gonna, like that's, they're not getting that on Instagram. I guarantee you, like the types of stuff we were doing, they couldn't follow along with certain stuff that you would see on Instagram. Hence why I was there to break yeah, stuff yeah. down into slower parts. So that there's people who actually are a starving audience for your offer that are in a 15 mile radius, but you have yeah. no idea. Mm. What do you think about that? I agree. I, as I was listening to you, I had a lot of thoughts because you were saying some good stuff, but I, I think one of the big things is you got to kind of know your, your context, right? So you, you brought me up. Well, my context is like, a, I, I do think hybrid this idea of like, maybe meeting with someone once or twice a week and then slowly getting them off ramped into remotes where like maybe you do twice a week we meet, this is all we do. And I, I'm, I need you to walk on the other days. And then next month we're going to meet one day a week, but I'm going to have you do these workouts on your own two or three times a week. And then you finally go fully remote. Here's, here's why that model. So like the health and fitness industry kind of went through this. I think we're in this new phase where this hybrid model is going to be it, but basically we went through, you did everything one-on-one. -on -one. That was kind of personal training was it. You booked all day as long as you can, and you try to just, just kill yourself on the floor for 8 to 12 hours. I've done it. It's brutal. The hard part is that it caps, right? There's only so many hours in the day, and you only have so much energy. Then some people were like, well, this sucks. Let's make more money. Let's do classes. And then you had the hit fit classes and the CrossFit classes. And then people started realizing the price margins there can only get you so high and you have to have a certain amount of people in class before you can actually really make money on your overhead because there's more equipment now and there's more, I guess, liability because you have more people. So all that kind of stuff, right? Now we're here where I think it's this hybrid model. So it's like remote coaching came along and it was really geared towards athletes, people who were already motivated, who already had a goal yeah. and, and they really were self-motivated, but they needed someone to kind of create the blueprint specifically for them and the nutrition aspect and make and hold them accountable to that. But accountability really wasn't even a big part of it because they were already working out. Now people who are general pop want to do this, but the affordability for general pop to do 75 to a hundred dollars an hour for personal training is a really expensive long-term option. So the hybrid mm -hmm. makes that that first kind of two or three months as an investment and people don't have a problem investing if they know it's not going to be there forever and it will pay off. So, yes. so it's like a really sweet offer. And so I've built a lot of my business kind of off of that where I've just, I kind of look at it as you're discipling somebody in what they need. You're getting them confident in the gym and you can go. Now here's the problem. If you're someone like Mizba and Mizba is like on the road and he's doing his own thing, he doesn't work for a gym. So he doesn't have that place where he's doing that. You, you have to kind of think about what their equipment will look like, what the price should be for your travel time, right? Cause they're not, you're going to them. They're not coming to you. You might have to bring yeah. some of your own equipment. So there's, there's some different factors to think through. And this is back to our whole point of like 
knowing your price, thinking about those things because, you know, and, and here's the other thing in context. Lesbian and I both kind of come from both like kind of hustler backgrounds, got to get here, want to <laughs> make big transitions, very risky. Not everybody's built that way. Like the first gym I, well, I've worked for a couple of gyms. I guess the second gym I worked for where I really started kind of my career and doing this full time, I was the only one willing to go full time. Like I, I, I just put myself out there. And so for me, it became a sink or swim situation. So you're either going to die or you're going to swim and survive. For other people like that kind of were like, well, I need to make an, a certain amount of money before I can make this jump. They're kind of slow and it's really easy to just make it go so slow. The benefit to that is that you can pick and choose your clientele and you can pick your price so that you can slowly get there without the headache of, I charged too little in the beginning because I didn't want to lose the sale. And then I had to come yes. behind that later and up the price to what I'm actually worth. And here's the thing. Most people who are in our situation don't do that for a character issue of that we meant to or we were lying. It was just that in the beginning, this we were too scared to ask for what we were worth. And we, we or we didn't think we were worth that or whatever it may be. And then we get down the road, we realize we are that good. And now we should for our time's sake, we should do this. And we know the client feels that way too. So you, so you up the cost. It's not a great feeling. It would be nice to avoid that if you can, but I get it. Like when you're in a sink or swim situation, like I was with three kids and a stay at home wife, like you're trying to take any client you'll get. So 75 right. bucks felt like a lot of money and I'll work hard for that. But it's a, it was very interesting to know that I could have started out a lot higher than that because what I was offering was already better than that and i didn't know it at the time no that's that's such a great way to look at it though because i feel like you do have to charge like almost nothing mm -hmm. so that you feel confident it's not about other people like <clears throat> they're going to kind of mirror what you're feeling so if you're like it takes you charging 50 you know like 50 percent of what you think you're worth for a while do that because it's better than nothing, I right? Agree. And so I, I I do think that you mentioned a couple lessons in that story that you told. One, don't create the expectation that this price is forever. Like you have phone companies, mm -hmm. cable companies, streaming companies, food, stuff that goes up in price or down in price all the time. And a lot of it sometimes is based on timing, right? So as a coach, even if you are balancing another job, most likely, let's say you're working another job and you're trying to do this, like you, you have the advantage of, hey, I have a limited roster, I have limited time, therefore, in order for this to make sense, I have to charge you this much. That Think about when you bring a mechanic or somebody to work on your stuff, like, right. hey, look, the, the, the parts of what I'm trying to do for you is just this much alone. Mm -hmm. Then there's the labor. So, you know, so you have to keep that in mind, and that's very easy to do. It's just that most people don't think to do it because they're kind of frazzled in the beginning when this conversation of making an offer, deciding a price and closing a sale for the first time is happening. Yeah. You're so just enamored by it happening that you're like, I don't want to say anything or do anything that will repel this person away. Mm -hmm. But if I was to give the language, it really is like you can be humble and like have humility when you're doing it come from an honest place like look i'm just starting out i'm excited to test some things that i've been learning i'm happy to share what some of those are with you i don't know how long i'm going to be doing this for or you know charging this price but i want to make it like a no-brainer for you and so here's what it is right now and that way you just framed it as an offer mm -hmm. or a special 
or a discount instead of this is a price that you are grandfathering it's a in great idea. for the rest of eternity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Or it comes like or it com- it feels like you came from behind a year later and now you're upping your price to something that feels so much more expensive. But yeah. like let them know out the gate you should do this regardless if you're charging $100 or $300, you know. You should make them feel like they're getting a deal, and so I, yes. I always yeah. remind my clients of how much you know I've paid coaches or how much I've seen other parts of the market because that way they they know like oh there's more expensive stuff out there. Here's here's the deal too. Like we live in different parts of the country, you know the yes. the cost per living is different, right? So you want to work with a coach in California. It's more expensive to live in California. They're going to charge three hundred fifty to four hundred dollars. You know, it's for remote coaching. You can get maybe the same quality. You can tell your clients, like, hey, you can get the same quality with me. And I live in Texas or Florida or somewhere that's maybe a little bit cheaper to live. And I only need to charge you 250 or 275 And so, so that does matter. That's going to become more of towards some people's advantage and disadvantage as you think about those things. And, it, you know, I have clients in Washington, you know, and, and what I charge them there compared to what they would get with another remote coach there is way more affordable. And they know that. And they so they, they feel like they're getting a great value for a really good price. So so just making sure you're communicating those things and knowing the market is is, is really important before you set your prices. That's so important because, again, you could waste so much time. And I have done this, mm-hmm. you know, pushing that boulder uphill when all it took was a degree in focus, like move over here and ask this person instead. Yeah. And they're like 10% more likely to say yes. That That's a game changer right there. Something I will say that I found surprising because I had this belief and it was almost like you realize like it could be a myth in some ways, right? Where a lot of it was in my head of how much I thought people, how much I, th- I thought I was worth mm. and what people would pay me. Until I was working with a company where the value was so like we were over delivering the branding, the packaging, everything was there to where I had clients in Switzerland, Australia, Saudi, like Japan, like places you would never think that, oh, in Poland, people can afford my rate. Like it was expensive for them. Mm -hmm. Yes. But they paid my American dollar rate. And, you know, at the time, my rate was 265 to 295 per month. For remote coaching and so the value if it is there it, it you can make it happen mm-hmm. yes not everybody in poland or italy could afford that and so they didn't it would bring the top couple people who would but it's it's it begs the other question which is okay most people aren't there you're probably in a position where you're trying to market to i don't know lower to middle class everyday person just like yourself, a younger version of you, right? And unless you're really rich already, you're like, okay, how can someone afford this just like me who's making a normal living wage in my area? Mm -hmm. The most affordable thing I think you could do is figure out how to make a productized service. And what I mean by that is, you know, having programs and templates written out that do allow you to operate faster 
allow you to customize and things like that faster. So you're still offering a service, but there is a version of it that is a product that is very intentionally designed. That's why we pay for products, right? It's like mm -hmm. it solves, you know, that sponge, the smiley face sponge where you stick your three fingers in it and yeah, yeah. it's very easy to wash stuff like that scrub daddy, I think it's called or whatever. And they're from this area, which is, I thought, I thought was cool, but that is a very specific product that solves a very specific thing that mm -hmm. you know when we're like oh, i can't believe somebody was even thinking of this we're overjoyed at that so i think that you know if if you can figure out how to make a template right that still allows you to use that template to customize or make your job faster you can deliver a more personalized experience at a lower cost mm -hmm. if you are going from scratch Every single time you're baking the cake over, you're picking out all your ingredients from scratch. By the laws of nature and time, you physically can not handle as much. So you have to charge more. You have to mm -hmm. charge hundreds and hundreds of dollars more if you want to make anything near a normal living wage, right? So the sweet spot is a medium ground of like the, you know, it's a $80 membership, $100 membership, $50 membership. Whatever you think your market can afford, like I would say starting out, I know people will say charge more than you think you should. Sometimes it's charging a little bit less because again, you want them to feel like they're getting a great deal mm -hmm. and you want it to be something that they can keep affording. So just like those classes that I was doing or whatever, like they saw they could do that for the year. I could pay five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Even if this goes up, I can, I can do it. So you need to set that vision. If you because you're going to need more volume. You're going to need, instead of 20 clients, you might need 40 if you're charging a $50 membership or a $100 membership. Like, sure. you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So mm -hmm. based off of your price, you got to do that math first. And then two, I think I did this a couple of, I've done this at different points, but for the price that I think I want to make, right? Let's say I'm like, okay, I want to charge 75 per hour. I want to charge 75 for this session or this, you know, mm -hmm. 75 a month, whatever it is for you that feels like a lot. List all the things that you think you would be able to realistically give for that much, right? right? And don't go too crazy to where it's like, this is like, this seems unbelievable. Like, how could you physically keep up with all of that? You know what I mean? Don't make it unrealistic, right? but make it actually solving all the problems that it can potentially solve. And see if for you that feels like a no-brainer and adjust your pricing until it feels like oh my gosh this is like i of course why wouldn't i do this this is such a great deal and it doesn't have to be free for it to be a great deal it can be priced at something low or medium for you mm -hmm. it's just that the deliverables and the benefits and the vision it has to over deliver and has to actually match up to what you're trying to charge. Yeah. I, so that is a very quick way to start, I feel. I 100% I, I agree. And I think if you can estimate to how much time things take you, so then, and you pick a, you pick a point price of how much you want to get paid for that time. So like I time myself for every client that I, that I program for, because I have a goal with their 30 minute console, and how much time I do to program from week to week, I want to get paid this amount for the hour. Let's say it takes me an hour and a half worth of work per client on average, right? 
and I want to get 50 bucks an hour, well, then I'm just doing some simple math. Well, then I need to charge 150 sure. bucks a client because I want a $50 an hour kind of income. So, and that's a yep. livable wage. That's a, that's a good, that's a good gig there. The thing is you got to be proficient. Like at that point, no one's holding you accountable. So if you wind up going 40 minutes over, you're losing money. So, so I would try to guess that the hard part is if you don't have any clients, right? Which is back to like a previous episode we've done, maybe starting out with your pitch. If you're brand new and you want to feel a little bit more like I can make that, I want to make what I think I'm worth, but I haven't shown anybody I'm worth that yet. Doing the free week or the free month kind of thing to show people that you're worth it and then come back on and say, hey, the price is this. Um yeah, you don't even have to mention the price. Just mention if they're interested at first, and just say, "Hey, like I'm doing this remote coaching thing. If you're interested in trying it out, I'll give you a free week. You, you know, we'll talk price afterwards. But it's going to be in the ballpark, depending on what you're looking for of this or this. You could that could be a great sales pitch for a lot of people because you can say, "Well, what's the lower end offer? Well, the lower end doesn't offer nutrition. It just it just gives you programming." And then what's the higher offer? Well, it includes nutrition and me checking in on you more than this amount of time. So it's more time. It's more knowledge. And maybe they want that. Maybe, or some people are like, well, I got nutrition. I just want to go through a lower price. Great. You didn't lose anything and you still got a great offer out there and you had enough courage to build it and sell it based on your hard work you put in for free for a week. So you don't have to do that forever, but I built my business off of that for the first like six months. And that was a really yeah. good offer. And then I realized I don't need to do this anymore. Like I'm getting enough people coming in that the free week thing's gone and here's the price. But that's how long it took me to build confidence in it. Everybody's a little different, but you know, that's where, that's like we're mentoring and, or not mentoring, but just getting guided a little bit and thoughts, you know, thinking with someone can be really beneficial. And Misba and I have had multiple of those kind of conversations over the last couple of years. So thoughts on that? If knowing in the beginning, there's the hourly rate you mentioned. And then I think it's having in your mind, you're a freelancer, you're a coach, you're a trainer, like you need to operate as a freelancer. And freelancers have packages that are like, hey, here's one, two, and three. Mm. Chances are you're going to pick the middle one. Right. right. But there's the lower package, which is just super accessible for anybody and everybody almost, right? Which is your hourly rate that you probably give. The middle package is your monthly rate, probably that you're like, hey, this is a retainer. It's a commitment, but this is what you're paying. This is what you get. Make that something that you do want, you know, mm -hmm. to be happy with. Then make your third one something that you are going to surprise yourself with. Mm -hmm. So if something you throw out there, you're not expecting anybody to say yes to it, is a great way for you to train yourself to even just being like, hey, this is what I charge for. And it should be more intensive a little bit, right? So an example for a trainer could be, look, we'll do, it's a one-time thing, but we'll do kind of like a kitchen clean out. I'll go shopping with you. We'll figure out, like, I'll teach you a couple meals and I'll film the videos for how to, you know, make those meals for you. Like everything is very personal and it's like a, a six hour day that you spend with mm -hmm. them, but you charge like a ton for that. You're like, it's a thousand bucks to do it but or 500 bucks to do it but like you get a person who is literally this you know you know voice in your ear right. for a whole day or for a week whatever it is mm -hmm. and so there's versions of that right that you can customize but those three if you threw that out there are 
something that gives somebody they can see themselves in at least one. Now it's not just about can I afford this or not. It's which one can I afford. Sure. Right? So that's the benefit of presenting, I think, three options if you're in a place where you're kind of strategizing your pricing and offers. 100%. And I think one of the other things that's really like a good way to maybe start if you're if you're more in the general pop and people who are in the general pop, they don't know who OPEX is or some of these other great organizations that you know people in the remote coaching world probably know about. They're, they're just going to think, how much money is that? And and I think one of the best ways to sell your upfront price is go look for the local CrossFit gym or or Orange Theory gyms in your town and see what their price is for classes. So let's say the the average CrossFit gym charges 150 bucks to be a member there. Say I will do 150 bucks with you, but I'm going to customize your workout. So now what you've done is you just said I'm going to give you the same price as the gyms around us, but this is going to be all customized and tailored towards you. And that would be maybe if you're feeling like, I don't know where to start my price range locally. If you're doing local remote coaching, like in your town, you want to just get a couple people that are going to the local Globo gym and they're doing that. Look, go $10. I'm going to charge you what it would be like to go to Orange Theory. I had a client here who was thinking about, she was doing PT with me. And she, she was like, you know, my friend's going to Orange Theory. I think I'm going to do that on the off days because I'm loving working here. And she was getting great results, really enjoyed it. I just said, how much is Orange Theory? And she told me the price. I said, just that's how much remote coaching is just to do it in here. Just do remote coaching here. I said, well, I'll, I'll program aerobic days for you here. And we'll work on your aerobic energy system and, and keep that going. And she was like, oh, I didn't know that. And right away, bam, I, there I had a a client who now is a PT client who also was a remote client and right. And I just, I just upped my income and I helped her out. So she doesn't have to go to another gym, easy transaction, easy, you know, sign up. I just think that thinking through those things, when you talk about price margins, you want to think if, if the person you're talking to is out of town and they're thinking about that, think about what, what their out of town cost per living is and what the gyms around there are charging. And do not go any lower, in my opinion, than what the local hit fit classes, remote uh, CrossFit classes, or Orange Theory classes are charging. Because they're all going to be in the mm-hmm. $150 to $180 range. And honestly, that's dirt cheap for remote coaching. So, yeah. So, and people people will know the value of you once they get that going and see it and, and enjoy it, feel like someone's in their corner. To, sorry, to circle back mm-hmm. real quick, I wanted to mention this line that you meant we're talking about when it came to kind of giving your service for free, getting people to try it before any of this money exchange happens, calling it a test drive, I found to be effective Mm -hmm. in multiple industries. I've tried this in fitness and other stuff where, hey, like it's a non-awkward way for me to be like, let me know if you want to test drive that for a week. And then we can talk, if you like it, then we can talk about pricing. That's making an offer where you're like, oh, there's no risk here and I could try it. And then if I do like it, like it gives you more ammo to make a better offer because you have to remember this, like no one wants just remote coaching. Nobody's searching for just remote coaching. Like the people who are searching for that language are like, all athletes or stuff already like they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. a lot of your people who aren't going to know like we said opexes and you know the big precision nutritions and big companies out there 
they know their planet fitness or whatever it might be, you know, calling it something that, you know, you, you test drive the experience, you get more ammo during that test drive as to like, this is not just a one offer, like remote coaching, you get your workouts, you get whatever. You need to personalize each of those bullet points to that person's situation, just the way you did, mm-hmm. Blake, with that person where you were like, oh, you want to go to Orange Theory? Well, what what do you want out of Orange Theory? Is it the aerobics? Is it the social stuff? Okay, you figured out a very specific solution to that, which is, yeah. look, social stuff, you can get at the gym here cool people here you already like them two i'll give you the similar effect but i'll personalize it for you so you're not just getting a stock whatever that is like that's how you get people to say yes is they see for their situation that's more compelling than i'll write you workouts every week online and you get five you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that's like a very cut and dry way of explaining it when it's asked but in the beginning It really is about like when I would do consultations with people who, again, this was when I was like doing remote coaching with a company. I, and we were, I had to charge. I didn't have this thing where I'm like, look, I'm not confident in myself. I'm going to charge a little lower this time. I had to charge and say the price that I was charging. And I wasn't fully confident on saying that. Right. And when I saw people, say yes for the first couple times mm-hmm. where I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they said yes. Like you yeah. hyperventilate after you hung up on the oh, call, yeah. you're like short of breath, right? <laughs> and when that would happen, I realized that what I did was I listened for enough time to not in a sleazy way, be like, I'm using this against you, but be genuinely like, oh, you are in the mm-hmm. army. You're going to be going away. You need to be able to have equipment and workouts that you know help you, but aren't disruptive with your current stuff. What are the tests? I feel like you might have some tests, right, that you need to pass. What are those tests you need to pass? Why is that important to you? Oh, the mile time. I used to be fat when I was younger, and now I'm not, and I want to be able to you know run a really good mile and show my team I can do it. Whatever, right? Like the whole story behind someone's thing. Do you know how to cook? Like all all the answers to those questions a lot of people will give it to you on on, in the consultation and then it's up to you whether you use that correctly so when i would be like so tell me if i'm hearing this correctly and then you go through and list everything that you heard from them that was really important so it was look you're in the army you're going to be traveling a lot you need workouts that aren't just in the gym and you're not going to have access to the Mm. equipment so body weight stuff is going to be huge you need some assessments to be able to actually measure if you are getting better for the test the pull-up test you want to pass and the mile runtime that you want to pass um you need a you know you don't like to cook you you don't have access to a lot of food while you're in you know the campground wherever you're at like here's the solution to that we're going to come up with you know we're going to game plan some options on our next right. call mm-hmm. right when you get started so all of a sudden those are three specifics that is the equivalent of if i wanted to explain that as oh you get an onboarding call where we talk about nutrition you get workouts even when you travel that are adapted to your stuff right like that's a very that's that's my mm-hmm. offer right that everybody does get but when i deliver it it has to be like oh you're a teacher so you're probably super busy and then you know when when you're exhausted at the end of the day like having workouts on those days where 
you know, you can actually get through them. And then days where you have more energy, you're doing them before mm-hmm. work. Like, sounds like you're a morning person. Let's get you, you know, this and that. Like, stuff that actually goes, oh, you're not just like waiting to tell me a price. You're listening to what I'm saying. It, people any day will take that. And if they feel convinced that you you get it and you are capable of delivering that, then they'll say yes. You know 100%. what I mean? And that's how you make people almost feel stupid saying no which is that you know alex hermosi's book like make an offer so good that people feel stupid saying no i love that Mm. line it's like that's all you have to do to get the sale and to begin kind of cultivating a coaching relationship he's the he's the king of selling in the fitness world he's really good i have a funny story about him yeah to tell you in a minute but one thing i was going to ask you was you know, I was going to say, in my experience with people who come in-house, if people walk through the door to meet with you in person for a consult, I would say 90% of the time they've already sold themselves. You just need to not screw it up. Like that they took all the effort to come there. Yes. What would you yeah. say? I want to hear what your experience is because you've done more over the phone call kind of consults. I have my number. And Zoom, you know, Zoom video. video consults over the phone calls. You know, what would you say? If someone hops on a call with you is like kind of the closing percentage that you've experienced. Oh, okay. When I was working for that company where I was regularly doing, you know, the calls and like I had that roster of 70 at a certain point, I was one of the highest, I had one of the highest close rates on the team. I think it was like 27, 30% or something at a certain point. Um, How high was it? Say that again. A really good. I couldn't hear you. 27 to 30 percent or so which what's usually really good is 20 like 20 percent is exceptional for salespeople in other like real estate industries and things of Mm -hmm. that nature that's basically one in five calls if you were to hop on like you're absolutely closing them and for me it was more so it was way higher than that at a certain point because and you also have to consider like these leads were warm already right to some degree so i again i didn't i I just had to not screw it up and trust me like there were times a a handful maybe where i did or i watched other people screw it up and you're like oh that's like this person was ready to rock and the difference was this in this you know maybe this handoff or whatever Mm -hmm. it is like i saw where i could screw it right if it didn't go correctly so at a certain point it was almost like every call i was in a groove where every call i hopped on it was almost, I knew they were going to close. Maybe it was like maybe four out of five or something like that. Something ridiculous mm-hmm. where it's not realistic most times for that to be a real closing right. rate. But it made you think. It made me go, why is that possible? You should ask that. Why is it possible that that is happening? And the answer to that was content. <laughs> content was doing all of the selling, all of the work, not just my content I was putting out, but you know, oh. companies as a, in general. That's where branding and stuff paid off. Where you're like, oh my gosh, they, you know, like yeah. people are listening to my podcast before we hop on. I think content reaffirms you in what you're doing. Like it has to, or you won't, you won't create content, right? Because creating content is too much work to be promoting something you don't really believe in. So like, like in a sense, like you're, you're selling yourself, which makes you better at selling your, your own product of yourself. So content is your, is part of your sales strategy for getting better at sales. 
So it's just, it's just putting it out there. It's also looking at sales a little differently. Like sales in general back in the day was one-to-one whatnot, right? Like now sales is, it could be a phone call, a voice memo, a podcast, a video. That is the sell. Like that video is where people Mm -hmm. are judging off of that. And let's be realistic. When you decide to work with someone or buy a product, you go on Instagram or you check out them on Google or their website or whatever, and you're basically scanning the first couple stuff to make sure this is not spammy. Mm. It's legit. People like it. Like what are the things you're checking off in your head? That's how content actually does serve you is like you don't need to have millions of followers or whatever, but does it look like you care? You know what you're talking about? You can deliver on what you're going to say, like all those different content is what Mm -hmm. sells that, not just to clients, but to employers, which we'll talk about in a future episode. If you're working, you're wanting to work with really high quality remote coaching companies or in general, like fitness Mm -hmm. companies, you know, it's a very smart way to go and content can be used to convince them that you are the you know yeah. best fit. I think one of the things I was going to mention was just one of the differences is that because of the company you work for, you were generated so many more leads. So 27 might sound really low to somebody, but when you're dealing with a lot of leads, that's really good. When you're someone who was like me, where I'm like, I'm only getting leads from people that are probably going to sign up with me because they know me through somebody and they, they're going through a lot more effort to reach out to someone like me. Like I would say my closing rate's probably more like 75% over the phone, 75 to 80. Oh, sorry. And actually, if you're talking on over the phone, like, because I think what that number considered maybe was like a request to consult was a lead. If somebody actually submitted a form, that began to be a lead. And then it's the percentage of people who get on a call successfully with you and you close. So I think that's what it was. was Uh, All the like people I got handed off or whatever, 27 to 30% of them, we got on a call and actually closed. If we got, I think you're, I guess I didn't answer your question. If they did get on the call, I mean, I did kind of like most of the time they would, there were times where you're like, oh, this is not a good fit or they're, people would ghost you or whatever it would be. So it's not every single time, but because there were so many steps beforehand to getting on the call and they passed those litmus tests, like it was definitely higher once on the call. But truly, if you're remote coaching, the lead process begins when somebody requests a consult, DMs you or whatever it is, like that is the beginning of that journey. It's like getting people on a call is almost impossible when you're starting out and have zero experience. Like that's like a, you need to cultivate the relationship in Mm. some other way first, which is usually like email, DM, like it's some way where people begin to kind of come into your world. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's what I would say is like the big companies and stuff, like it shows you what's possible, which breaks your limiting beliefs. Cause I had a lot of them as a coach and a lot of them not just related to coaching, maybe just as a person, right. And your relationship with mm-hmm. money and how much you think you could charge for something, whatever. When you're working with a big company, who's used to dealing in crazy numbers and stuff like that, like it's good for you because you're around that rate changes things. Like I would feel so confident selling my programming to gyms. Cause I work with gyms at a certain point where I would charge we 375 per month per month to do their, you know, programming for their gym. And they were high pressure calls, like different than normal clients. Cause you've got the gym owner, 
you know, the other owner, the coach who's mm-hmm. overly involved, you know, the ones who aren't involved. <laughs> like it's a whole dynamic you're dealing with and you're the new guy coming in and trying to kind of take control and you're asking for 375 and these people would actually pay that for six months at mm-hmm. time sometimes, right? So it really was, it changed my mindset of what was mm. possible. That never would have happened if I was just doing it alone on myself right. forever. I'd be stuck in like, oh, I can't charge that much, you know? You know, when you're getting stretched because it's not your price, it's someone else's price, and you have to sell that. You're not allowed to change it. Yeah. That was helpful for me when I worked for another gym that yes. like, when I first started, because our price is pretty much the same here now, but you know, you're selling three times a week PT, which turns out to be like about $800 a month. And you're like, that's a big sale to sell somebody. And yeah. when you sell the first couple, it just gives you a couple, just this confidence to ask. And it's always nice to go with, like, I think you said this earlier, with the big offer first and then back off if it becomes a financial situation. Like, I totally get it. That's our premium Cadillac kind of offer. But, you know, if this is more reasonable and usually when you drop it down to a $500 offer from an $800 offer, that looks a lot more reasonable to people and they're willing to try that so you know getting that kind of practice for somebody else can really benefit you when you go maybe evolve and go off on your own or have some side business that you want to do or whatever however that works for you and your in your career so bro i think this was so essential because like Pricing and making offers is Mm -hmm. so daunting when you're starting anything new. And it's something you have to do over the course of your career so many times. It's not just once. Like you're going to have different offers that you do and maybe in different seasons or it still might be the same underlying remote coaching, but it's got, you know, there's different flavors that you might offer and you need to be able to make it compelling and like, oh, people want this. There is always someone who want like we have a lot of weird people on this earth and a lot of weird <laughs> yeah. communities right there are they're they're all over you can see them on the like wow i can't believe 10 million people follow this thing right but there's a mm-hmm. community around it so there's always people and a group of people who would actually love your thing who are so like they don't know you know what I mean? They're not taking anything else into account. They're not judging you through the filters that you are and that other coaches or fitness people right. are or whatever. Like they are so into you. It's just that that's not the audience that you're usually trying to serve mm-hmm. when you start out because like that's who you have access to. It's just who's around, your family, your friends, your inner circle, your current gym. So know that because you truly can go crazy and doubt yourself and quit if that's all you, those are the only people you offer your stuff to. So break out of that, try to find environments and different people that you can kind of just get used to asking and make like, that's all an offer is. It's not anything fancy. Let me send you a proposal. Like some people might have you do that at a certain point, but it's basically look on a handshake deal. If I can do this for you, can you give me this? And if it it sounds like I need that right now, I want that. Like, People will say yes, and your job is to develop the emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. I think, That's good. Uh, to be able to figure out what mm-hmm. someone wants. Like, not everybody, like, if you can't figure that out, you probably didn't deserve the yeah. sale. You know what I mean? Like, if you can figure out exactly what this person needs and you did present it to them, like, mm-hmm. you were listening, they were truthful, you are truthful, like – and it makes for a very good start to a relationship. And, you know, the content, because I do want to hammer on this, I wish 
I did more of this back in the day. It's something even with the changing landscape of today, I would still do is create pieces of content that you like, cause at first it feels pointless, just like, oh, nobody's watching this. Like who's gonna, mm-hmm. who's gonna actually come as a result of this. But you, the reason you do that is because you're thinking that the content's gonna right. bring you new people. And the other way to use content is to nurture existing mm-hmm. people, right? So there's lead generation and lead nurturing. And I've heard a couple people say this at, at one point where I'm like, okay, there's something to it where your social media is for the people that you pay to acquire, whether that's with your time or your ads or money, energy, like you go and reach out to somebody or go to a conference or whatever it is, you meet people, your content is there to hook them into your world while you're sleeping, to keep them kind of building a relationship with you mm-hmm. while you're not there. And that is a very real thing that will happen if you set it up right the right way and you have to start at some point and it's good to get practice you'll get practice speaking and presenting your ideas in a way that actually pays off like can you send that video Mm -hmm. right to your friend's cousin who is getting a new job and wants to get in shape and is ready for a change in their life and after you know when they didn't answer you after that first offer that you made and you're like oh man they don't want it and you're like okay fine i'm gonna work up the courage i'm gonna follow up with them can you send them a video that's like hey i made this i thought you would enjoy it instead of being like hey did you check out did you read the message above you know like you you send the eye emoji like hey check this out you don't have to do that you can send a piece of content that establishes the exact same thing because people's consumer like consumers today are so much smarter than mm. we give them credit for. So the selling is happening. They're being convinced or not convinced with every kind of interaction. So it's not just about the call or just about like the, it's happening with your content. And so it feels pointless in the beginning, but if you can work up the courage to do that and kind of structure some of the offers and the things we talked about today, you're so much ahead of the game then, than yeah, a, then we a lot were, of people are in the beginning. So. <laughs> yeah, so 100%. I think there's a lot of good stuff today. I think we could probably do a follow up on this because this is a big topic, but I think we gave a lot of good nuggets and hopefully this is something that's helpful for everybody. For sure, man. This was a great. Anybody who has questions, make sure to reach out. Yeah. We would love to hear from you. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe, like, comment, wherever you are. That always helps. But, you know, this was a topic that hit kind of close to home for each of us. So we enjoyed kind of riffing on it. And if you have any thoughts or comments, definitely reach out. We'd love to hear from you. But thanks for hanging for out. Sure. And we'll see, see you guys. next time.